How would you feel if one day you woke up to a creative outburst and you want to share your art with the rest of the world, but society wants to restrain your creativity because of your gender? Hi, my name is John Glenn and welcome to the Podcast of Poems. In this episode, we will be discussing the predicament of the female artist, suppression of her creativity, captivity of thoughts, conformity, rebellion in individualism, strength, and women empowerment found in one of Emily Dickinson's less popular but highly anthologized work, They Shut Me Up in Prose. Now, Emily Dickinson was born in 1830 in Amherst, Massachusetts to a rather orthodox, uh, Calvinist, and conservative Puritan New England town and society, and this had an influence to much of her writing. Admiring the work of earlier famous writers Robert and Elizabeth Browning, to name a few, and her contemporary Walt Whitman, who strayed from the conventions and measurements in his poetry, uh, Emily Dickinson is one of the most important and prolific American writers of all time, and she's especially distinguished by her unique poetic voice and her signature dashes found in her poems. Although she was not really publicly recognized as a writer during her lifetime because people tended to disregard those who wanted to stray from orthodoxy in, in any field, and eventually her works would become published in numerous volumes and collections posthumously, and as fate would have it, she would be celebrated as a founder and pioneer of a unique and very individualized way of writing a poem. She died in 1886 in Amherst. The poem that we will discuss is her reflection on her struggle as a female writer with new ideas in a highly conservative society and it is also a critique on the constraints imposed on the female artist and also the woman in general. So read by a friend of mine, Zaina Alvarico, this is They Shut Me Up in Prose by Emily Dickinson. They shut me up in prose, as when a little girl, they put me in the closet because they like me still. Still, could themselves have peeped and seen my brain go round? They might as twice have lodged a bird for treason in the pound. Himself has but to will and easy as a star. Look down upon captivity and laugh. No more have I. The poem is a fairly short one, as most Emily Dickinson poems are. It consists of three stanzas, four lines each, and there isn't really a consistent rhyme scheme for this poem, but there is a slight pattern on the meter because the first and fourth lines in each stanza all consist of six syllables. In the first stanza, the third line has seven syllables, whereas in the second and third, there are eight, so just a slight difference there. And of course, the poet wrote the poem in such a manner, filled with dashes and certain uppercase letters for a couple of words to highlight their importance and 
achieve the poem's overall aesthetic effect. The dashes are especially important when trying to understand the work from Emily Dickinson because these dashes indicate when and where a line is given importance when you are reading it. So to start with, the poem was published in a 1935 anthology of Emily Dickinson and it comments on the social conventions that impeded Emily Dickinson's creativity. I recall that she grew up and lived in a Puritan society where the morals are strict and standards are to be followed and this applied even in the field of writing poetry. A lot of critics especially would call out Dickinson's writing for being technical and sound because of her consistent use of dashes. Her poetry was seen as too radical and her technique was something that wasn't practiced too often in the literary world. Because of this, her writing was labeled as prose and thus Dickinson tried to denounce this claim and give her thoughts about this in the poem by, ironically, writing it free from the conventions of poetry. The poem opens with a woman sharing her thoughts in a scornful tone, using the word they the word they to vaguely refer to someone or in this case, some people who try to restrict the speaker's creativity. For many critics of her time, writing was distinguished into two, prose and poetry, but for Dickinson, that would be like comparing apples to oranges and poetry is something that gives freedom of thought to the writer by allowing him to creative creatively express without the need for conventions like rhyme and meter and for her there is a connection or likeness between the two but if this were the case for the critics it would be easily referred to as prose and so she writes the first stanza recalling her experience as a little girl in a conservative town where you are expected to be still or behaved and well-mannered and shape such manners accordingly and thus your whole character is closeted because you're following yourself based on what society expects you to be. We find prose in this case as a metaphor for society's expectations of her as a girl or in other words, what critics expect her to follow or write as a poet. And then it is followed by the speaker scoffing at the ridiculousness of it all, addressing the reader with the word still to emphasize her disbelief at everybody wanting her to behave like this and that and then wishing that if only people could see what was inside of her head then they would know how ridiculous the restrictions towards her are if only people could see inside her thoughts then they would know how foolish and unsuccessful they are at trying to silence or trying to hide who she really is both as a writer and as a woman she then finishes the second stanza with the speaker comparing this restriction to imprisoning a bird in a pound for treason and so this highlights the innocence the speaker has because in a puritan society or let alone a highly conservative society a woman who is not afraid to show her true colors despite it not being accepted by the norms and dictates that society has is seen as a grave fault and it is often equated to treachery or betraying the expectations society has on a woman and then the poem ends with a woman laughing at this ridiculousness, comparing it to a bird being put in a pound because all that bird has to do is fly away and then she is free to soar high up like a star looking down at captivity and all the ridiculous standards of society. And so the speaker finds it funny that 
people are trying to silence her or mold her persona, her creativity as a writer as well, into something that suits their needs when it is very easy for her to stray from all these and think and express herself freely without giving a damn about what they might think of her. It is her creativity that gives her power to be different from the rest of society and so what started off as someone who felt trapped or whose thoughts are in captivity is now someone who is free and laughs at those who attempt to control her thoughts. Now, to help us expound on the themes this poem discusses, we have a new guest to share her thoughts about the poem and its topics. But because of the pandemic, however, I will just be playing the series of questions I asked her, as well as her answers to those questions. Uh, hopefully, we'll finally be able to do a live show soon, but for now, these are the thoughts of Janelle Patrimonio, another friend of mine. In the first few lines of the poem, there is a mood of feeling trapped because society, especially patriarchal ones, tend to see girls exploring their individuality and own pursuits as rebellious or misbehaving and we expect women to be well-behaved, censored, and pretty all the time. How do you think this impedes women and the dreams they have for themselves? Women will lose trust and confidence in themselves and will forever think that they can only do so little. If they are nurtured with these egocentric views, then the possibility of them learning their own potentials and discovering their capabilities will never come into light. Limiting women of their choices and their rights means that we've failed to see the importance of equal rights everyone must have regardless of gender, and that would mean that we are progressing in backwards. Such ideology will lose a lot of dreams, I'd say, like dreams that could help millions of people, dreams that could inspire a generation, and dreams that could turn dreams into reality. The speaker of the poem thinks about the possibilities if only people had been able to see what is in her mind and her heart. How do these lines of the poem affect you as a woman yourself? It's actually a very interesting question, Glenn. You know what? I haven't thought of it really. Like in, in my entire existence, I haven't thought of that question. Yeah, what if people had the ability to see what's really in our hearts? To see what's really in my heart? Then I would say I wouldn't be having a hard time trying to be a confident person i wouldn't be having a hard time trying to trying to explain my decisions to people and i wouldn't be having a hard time trying to prove a point you know what if that's the case then i would say i would be in a much happier and peaceful place than where i am right now you know what as a woman myself i cannot do things differently than what society and my family deem to be appropriate for a woman to do just like getting a tattoo they're always opposed to the idea of me getting a tattoo because they think that I'm reducing to I'm reducing myself to a person incapable of earning respect. You know what? That's not the case. I always argue with them. I always tell them that that's not the case at all. I mean, for you to know that a person is good, one should try to understand where he's coming from. One should try to understand his values his opinions 
because only then we'll be able to truly know the person if we allow ourselves to understand them and not just judge them right off the bat right right after seeing their tattoos right after seeing them do something let's say inappropriate because i always believe that everything happens for a reason a person does this due to a certain reason so you know what if, if people had the ability to had the ability to see what's really in our hearts in a person's heart then i would say would, would get a much peaceful understanding world yeah that's it <laughs> What do you think would society be like if we didn't force women and their creativity into closets and hid their potentials? Even in the modern day society, a lot of women are still facing obstacles and systemic barriers that differs from one place to another, often shaped by cultural and economic forces. Now, if women are given the same equal opportunities or rights and privileges as men then we would be living in a very progressive society wherein violence against women and girls doesn't exist thus promoting a much safer and healthier environment also if women if women are given enough opportunities in both occupational and educational arenas then it would definitely promote or create economic prosperity okay let's face it women are better off today but still far from being equal with men that's why we really have to do our best to promote gender equality because it is beneficial to all genders the last few lines of the poem sends a message of power to women and a defiance to the restrictions that we see happening in a male-dominant society. This is how Emily Dickinson laughs at these constraints that women are expected to follow. Thinking about the poet's message to the rest of the women out there, what is your message to women who feel closeted because of expectations? Expectations are just nothing but expectations. Unless you think that achieving them is the only way for you to be acknowledged by those people that surround you. Well, let me tell you this. It isn't a defining quality. More often than not, women are expected to be good in kitchen, tending children and other domestic affairs, especially upon marriage. Then what if you are good at those? Does it mean you're less of a woman now? No, that's not it. You can't expect women to always serve men in the house. A woman should not be reduced to a housewife only. Because we all know we're pretty capable of doing much more than that. If you feel like you'll be a disappointment to people around you if you can't do the things of what's expected of you, then better gather up the courage to tell them what you really want to be, what you really want to achieve, rather than just sit idly and do nothing. If, it, if you're still afraid, then do it 1% at a time. It doesn't have to be instant. Do it slowly at your own pace until you're finally able to break free from the chains that are binding you. Also, look for the right people who can support you all throughout the journey. Having a good support system will help you achieve more.
One final message to our audience. Well, I only have a very simple message to our audience right now. I just would like to tell you that even if the world will turn against you in your dreams, don't ever turn yourself against them. The path ahead may be cloudy and unsure, but you must keep going no matter where it leads you to, and only hold your horses if needs be. And also, you gotta bear in mind that people will always have something to say about you, even at your best. So pursue happiness anyway. You don't have any control over to what they say about you, but you always have a control on how to react to them. And most of the time, based on personal experiences, minding your own business works best. But if there's a need for you to speak up, only do so in times when you think it's too much. Lastly, never let anything hold you back. Fly high and go chase those dreams. I want to thank Janelle again for sharing her thoughts in this episode. She was a real lifesaver because it was hard to look for people who would like to share and so when I asked her, she said yes right away without having any second thoughts at all and I hope she was able to give a message of empowerment to our listeners, especially to women. Anyway, to end this episode, although this poem is not one of the more famous works of Dickinson, it is certainly one that should be read by many because it is one of those rebellious poems where it talks about the rebellion of the female artist or even the female herself because we still have so many standards we expect them to follow in art and in life as a whole and this in turn affects so many women out there when they are the smartest of our species. We have women who are afraid to be creative because of fear of being antagonized by others so this poem teaches us that it is pointless to restrain a woman who is creative. It is pointless to capture her thoughts and mold it according to our fashion because these thoughts are free and they only belong where the owner wants them to be. They Shut Me Up in Prose is a commentary on those who expect women to behave and be still inside closets just because of her gender. She is expected to be just quiet and well-mannered and pretty when clearly a woman is made for more than just that. A woman is not made to please the eyes of others around her. Thanks for listening. This has been John Glenn for the Podcast of Poems. <laughs>